sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live right here on this Friday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. One final hour of the morning after in its history. Again, we'll detail it later on in this second hour. But on Tuesday, following the long Labor Day holiday weekend, there is a change to the schedule on the Spiz Grizz. Myself and Donnie Wrightside combined forces to form the newly revamped The Early Line, a morning show that is now three hours long, starting at 8 a.m. Eastern time all the way until 11. Do not worry for Kevin Walsh. You'll see him in prime time, game time decisions starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And Gabe Morenci moves to the late night shift starting at 10 p.m. Eastern. All of those schedule changes coming your way on Tuesday. It's new. It's exciting. It's fun. We're very hyped up to get things going following the long holiday Labor Day weekend. So... For one final hour here on the morning after, let's have some fun on this Friday. It wasn't a super fun early Friday morning for Team USA. The Americans now into the knockout round at the 2023 FIBA World Cup. They advance. They take care of Montenegro, but not by much. Only a 12-point victory for Team USA. I know that might be nitpicky. You might say 12 points, still double digits, but they were a 28 and a half point favorite and team usa was a perfect 3-0 in group play at the fiba world cup winning all three games by at least 27 points they blew out jordan by 48 in their finale in pool play action so team usa is on a 12 point victory but not really close to covering as a 28 and a half point favorite now to the final grand slam event of this year in the world of tennis up in queens it's the 2023 united states open the number one seed now the second ranked player in the world but the defending u.s open champion the young 20 year old carlos alcaraz taking care of business in his second round match yesterday against lloyd harris he won in three straight sets carlos alcaraz is on to round number three at the 2023 U.S. Open. Daniil Medvedev, who was victorious at this Grand Slam event back in 2021, knocking off Novak Djokovic, wins in four sets. That match finished after 1 a.m. Eastern here in New York City. Those are the other results on the men's side that you see. John Isner, in what might be his final match, he retired after the loss yesterday at the 2023 U.S. Open. The tall American bowing out at the U.S. Open. Now on the women's side, the two seed in this tournament, Arena Sabalenka taking care of business in round number two. Jessica Pagula, the three seed in this tournament. The American advances to round number three. On Jabor, who of course was sensational at Wimbledon last month in July, advances as well to round number three. All of this action happening as we get ready for more round three action on this Friday. Round three matches across the 2023 U.S. Open, including Novak Djokovic on the court tonight in 
Arthur Ashe, and the number one seed on the women's side, Iga Sviantek. You can still see at this early stage of this Grand Slam tournament, the odds are very heavy in the favored number. We'll come back and we'll look at that in just a second as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number two of the morning after, live right here on this Friday. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So round number three gets started today up in Queens at the 2023 U.S. Open. Novak Djokovic, the number two seed on the men's side, but the number one ranked player in the world is a minus 10,000 favorite to advance to round number four. He is looking for his 24th Grand Slam title. It would be the most in the open era ever in the history of tennis, either for a men or for a man, excuse me, or a woman. On the other side, on the women's side, Igish Fiontech is that favorite right now, minus 7,000 in her third round match. And can Coco Golf keep the summer of Coco going? She's a minus 780 favorite. It is the night match at Arthur Ash Stadium. A best bet from Joe Frizo on the way as it pertains to this tennis as well. Our associate producer will break it down up next so that's where things are for the 2023 u.s open again more college football games on this friday as a part of week number one we are just six days out from the start of the national football league season football is here we'll head to the streets of manhattan to talk about football with new yorkers in just a moment but let me remind everybody let's take Another time to detail this for you. Schedule changes coming to the Sports Grid Network starting on Tuesday following the long Labor Day holiday weekend. This show known as the morning after is sadly no more, but still we are not going anywhere. Myself, everybody behind the scenes joined forces with Donnie Wrightside to form the new early line, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time, a three-hour morning show. It is going to be fun. We are going to build that community in the morning. You're going to wake up bright and early with us, but you're going to love every moment of it. Myself and DRS starting on TEL, 8 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Kevin Walsh is not going anywhere either. He is the new host of Game Time Decisions in prime time, starting on Tuesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. And Gabe Renzi just moves back. Some sport rage late night, but on the TV airwaves as well, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So that is what we have in store for you on Sports Grid. Football is in store as well. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Such a lot. Welcome back to a Friday. Live right here all the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday on TMA. John Chamber, are we welcoming you on right now before we get to Benny the Bets? Yeah, we are. I'm That's a live it. production conversation as we are getting rolling here on this Friday on TMA. Because Shames, the guy, we're going to go to the streets in just a moment to hear from New Yorkers what their favorite thing is about football. But allow us to take a moment, as we have shared a few times, to the wonderful folks here on the Spiz Grizz Network. This is our final rendition 
of the show known as the morning after. We're not going anywhere. We're joining forces with Donnie Wrightside starting on Tuesday to make a dream team on the early line, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time each and every morning. But you and I have been rocking on this for a very, very long time. I became the solo host of this show back in October of 2021. You became the solo producer on this show back in November of 2021. Our guy Joe Frizo got in the mix not long after that. Jesse Metzger has been the longest tenured TMA employee across the entire sports grid network. It's been a pleasure building this product with you, cultivating this show, creating the content, and putting out what I personally think, and although I am biased, is a stellar product each and every morning. Ben, I think you just said it perfectly. It is a sad day, a happy day, because new horizons are upon us. Tuesday is going to be a fantastic new chapter for the grid, for both of us, for Donnie, for Joe, for everyone involved. It's going to be a sensational time as we look forward here for the future of the early line. But, yes, a tear in my eye mm. as well. The final morning after ever, the final Benny in the bets on the morning after ever. I had to come in the mix and get here with you, Ben. It was, it, you know, it, it was it was a long time in the making. Do you want to give a sincere shout-out, then, and a reference to our good friend Alex Fasano and take us into the Benny in the bets the way that Faz always would? I absolutely will, and I also want to say this. If Alex Fasano... If you watch this right now, you have to know you were in my dream last night. I dreamt it for the last day, for the last show. You were sitting here in the chair with myself, with Ben, getting ready to pitch us to the streets of New York. So just as Alex Fasano has done for a long time, I will try to do my best version of it. Let's all take a deep breath. Maybe take another one. Maybe a third. And now we relax and hit the streets for one more time for Benny and the Bets. Dear football, we love you and we are so happy to have you back. The NFL season starts in just about a week. So today we hit the streets of New York to ask New Yorkers what their favorite part about football is. What's your favorite part about football? Tackling. The budget. The budget. What they get paid. I think the touchdown part, the glory, you know, after like winning. I like the draft. Real competitiveness. Yeah. The violence. The violence. <laughs> Aggressive in a good way. I love football American. The testosterone. <laughs> Real enthusiasm. I just like the Super Bowl. It brings everyone together. I don't watch American football other than the Super Bowl. Halftime. Halftime? How so? For the show. Oh, the entertainment is all the, the, the... You, you love football? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I love football too. Right. Pride. Yep. Hard working. Yeah. Everything. Me too. <laughs> I love football. Me too. <laughs> Heck yeah. I love football. Yeah. I love football. Me too. What's your favorite part about football? Don't watch it. Don't watch it? Ah, the fullback. The fullback? Yeah. Me and you both. I love the fullback. The Irish winning. Great win. Why do you like the fullback so much? Because he can make so many beautiful things happen. Yes, I'm, 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 I really don't know the game, but I love it. Okay. <laughs> do you think you would do a good touchdown dance if you were to see the ends of it? Hell yeah. Do you feel that American football or international football is the true football? Oh, international football by far. Yeah, international. What are you most excited for for this NFL season? Well, my Giants, of course. The Giants? <laughs> yes. Are they going to make the playoffs again? I hope so. And for the Baltimore Ravens to win the, the, the bowl. See how the Saints end up with, uh, with a question mark around their their offensive line, their quarterback, everything else. Probably the fact that the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl this year and Kenny Pickett's going to be MVP. I'd like to go to a live game. Yeah? Which one? Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, is that your favorite team? Yep. I'm a Jets fan, so really there hasn't been much to be happy about. Like, Aaron Rodgers is here now. I know, now there is. Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions? Favorites to win the NFC North. Now I'm hopeful, but for the last like 15 years, it's been 
not so much. Well, I like that we don't care that the rest of the world is called football too, because it's very arrogant. Yeah. I know football as soccer because I'm from Latin America, but oh. football, oh uh, no. Do you feel that American football or international football is the true football? Oh, international football by far. Yeah, international. That football. Yeah, yeah. That football. No, I, I like soccer, yeah. I don't like football. Not I at all? I model. That's cool. You want to model football? No. Boom, hit it. Hey. Oh! <laughs> Tight, go. Touchdown, take it. Now you gotta give it back, though, because we can't give it away. Boom, boom. New Orleans Saints, one of the Super Bowl. Good pass. Boom, turn it. Good ball, good catch. You said you didn't have it on. What's the Ready, go. Take it. Take it. Take it. Touchdown. Touchdown. We love football here on this Friday and on the morning after. And that enthusiasm, of course, will carry over to the early line. It coincides, by the way, that start date with the start of the National Football League regular season. I'm Ben Stevens. That's our producer on the morning after. That's John Shames. This is the final edition of the morning after in its entirety. Again, the early line, myself, Donnie Wrightside, everybody behind the scenes, join forces for a new three-hour morning show starting at 8 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday morning. But James and Guy, for one final time, we take the people through the producer place. What you guys are seeing as you... Dot, 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 dot. Look at the board <laughs> and where the value is out there. And it warms my heart. On this college football Friday, there's six FBS games. There's 85 FBS football games over the span of these next five days. And it started yesterday that John James, still a week out from the National Football League season, goes to the NBA offseason markets in the individual awards to give you a best bet. James, the guy, it's... It's your it's your show. It's a money maker, and I'm gonna do it because it's what I do every time. It would not be in the spirit of our old show for me to go on and give a new type of pick right now. So I'm going to the well, and I'm actually, believe it or not, been going to a pick that I have given out before as a producer play. But the difference is, it's a lot better odds now. So some people might say, looking at this board, Jordan Poole to win Most Improved Player again for the second time. John James, what are you thinking? Well, you gave that same play out just about a month and a half ago, two months ago, yeah. when it was 16 to 1. Mm. And guess what? I don't see any reason why anything should have changed in that time. I saw a thing today that Austin Reeves is now the favorite for Most Improved Player. That got me thinking, hmm, I wonder if that has negatively impacted Jordan Poole's price. Sure enough, you look and you see he moves back 26 to 1. This guy's going to be shooting 25 shots a game next year. He's going to average 27. I'm not worried about that pick. Plus 2,600 buy-in right now, folks. I'm I, telling you. I, I love it. Why not double down with 10 extra dollars of value right there? John James never change, and he never will. He'll be here as a part of the new early line. Now, here's the interesting thing. A lot of the tennis information that you see on this show, I cannot lie. Joe Frizo is the mastermind behind. And Tommy Paul Moneyline at minus 138 in the U.S. Open's third round today is his best bet, John James. And yet there's no information as to why except just best bet. Well, you know, Ben, you have another tennis guy in the mix right now as well. Tommy Paul over my guy <clears throat> Alejandro Davidovich Fokina today. Beat him on the hardwood twice this year hard already court. on the hard court. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, there was something else he said. Maybe it was like this, some type of surface that he beat him on, like yeah, a yeah. hard surface. You know, he beat him yeah. on twice. So Joe's yeah. feeling good about this. I said, what's the handicap behind this pick? He said, 
I just think he's going to win. And mm. you know what? Joe Friso has been right a lot during the U.S. Open so far. I'm telling this guy as we look to this pick. And to end things off here with the final producer plays in the history of the morning after the sharpest handicapper of them all, our graphics producer, who is by far the longest tenured member of TMA, Jesse Metzger in his best bet today. Jesse Metzger going with David Montgomery, the new running back for the Detroit Lions. We know that they had a run-heavy offense last year. He likes this idea of David Montgomery going over his prop in the first game, 49-and-a-half. I like that as well, Ben. A good look from Jesse. Isn't it interesting? Yesterday we were sitting in our production meeting and we were talking about when are the props going to be released for that regular season opener. Jesse's already all over it. More the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to this Friday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59. I am Ben Stevens. We always have an eye on AI. Shane Loison joins us here on this Friday from Pine Sports to break things ar- down around the Major League Baseball slate on this Friday and into the weekend. Shane also wearing the Bears hat. Bear down just nine days away from the start of the 2023 NFL season as well. Shane, thank you for joining us here on this Friday on TMA. Always happy to be here with you guys. All right, so let's go around the Major League Baseball slate because yesterday, Shane, only four games. MLB was some good foresight, noting college football was going to dominate the headlines with the 11 FBS games that we saw yesterday. But one of the four, Shane, the first of four this weekend in Los Angeles between the two teams that have the two shortest prices to win a World Series, the Braves, the favorites against the Dodgers, that second best number Atlanta holds on and I mean hold on very tight for the first victory in this series last night Shane eight to seven the final in favor of Atlanta the Braves booked as a minus 136 money line favorite on the road it's where the Braves find themselves again minus 126 as the road money line favorites in Los Angeles tonight the LA kid Max Fried returns home to face Los Angeles Julio Arias gets the start for the Dodgers a total at eight and a hook Shane does the model consider this game to be the best versus the best in MLB oh it sure does and how couldn't you right I mean what a series what a matchup and what a first game like last night Okuna's in the ballpark bats offense is calming it's flown it's fun to watch um Atlanta did get it done tonight we're thinking Atlanta gets it done but we're looking at a completely different game here um Atlanta's a tough tough team as we know they're 44 and 23 on the road uh, they got freed on the mound, like you said, the Cali kid. He uh, he shows out. He shows out against L.A. I think it means something to him. He faced him twice last year. He had a 1.32 ERA and 17 strikeouts. Uh, this year, he's picked up right where he left off, a 5-1 record, 2.85 ERA. And the thing is, he doesn't get hit hard, right? Uh, lefties are slugging 333. Righties are slugging 380. We saw what the Dodgers like to do. They want Freeman's in the ball to park, Mookie's in the park, Muncie. If you take away that power, you make them maybe try to take some walks, try to string some things together, you get them to press a little bit. And then with the Dodgers, you got Julio on the mound, and, and Julio's great. Yeah. Like, you don't really like going against Julio, but he has been up and down this year, 4.41 ERA. It's really the home run that gets him in trouble. When, when he pitches bad, it's because he's letting up the long ball. His last outing versus Boston, he let up six runs, three homers. Um, the Braves are just a much better team against lefties. 
And, and like I said, when when you get in trouble with the home run and you're facing Atlanta, you got your ace on the mound, it seems like, you know, an early homer from Olsen or early homer from Ozuna or something could kind of just get them going. Yeah. And like I said, I don't see the fireworks from last night, but we do think Atlanta's going to squeeze out another one here. The road favorites right now inside Dodger Stadium tonight. Atlanta currently a five-game advantage over L.A. for what would be the number one overall seed in the National League postseason picture. But Shane, all year long, it's been the tier of two in the NL. The Dodgers and the Braves. The Braves still the favorites, plus 130. 25 cents in front of L.A. The Dodgers a plus 155 number. Over $8, nearly 8.5 bucks, Shane, until we get to the third best price in the National League. That would be the Philadelphia Phillies at 10 to 1. The Phils in that top spot of three in the National League wildcard chase. Five more dollars from Philadelphia to the fourth best number. That's Milwaukee. The Brewers right now pacing the National League Central by three games, a 15 to 1 number. So as these two start a weekend set against one another in Wisconsin, with the Brewers right now actually a slight home underdog, but two minus money prices on either side. Shane, does the model think this game and this series will determine who actually is the third best team in the National League? It sure does. And the model. Uh, they are kind of catching on to what Philly's doing here. Philly's heating up, and the model has been loving them. Uh, they're going to love them again today. And I would say it's, it's two great pitchers. It's, it's a tough matchup. Uh, was close to pulling the trigger on the under, but it's only a seven and a hook. And the way Philly's been swinging it, that was just too much yeah. for us to stomach. Uh, you got Wheeler on the mound for Philly. He has just been so good this year. He's so consistent. Uh, 3.59 ERA, 3.4 uh, road ERA. And you check his splits, like, the guy doesn't really have too many bad games. Like, he goes out there, he gives you a chance to win every time he's on the mound, and I know Philly feeds off that. They know Wheeler's on the mound, let's go. Let's go out there, put up four or five runs, we can win this game. Uh, two out of three yeah. of his last starts, he's only let up one run, and that was against the Cardinals in Toronto. So you got a couple big bats in those lineup. And like I, I touched on, the offense is just clicking right now. They've won three straight series. Turner and Harper are two of the hottest hitters in baseball. They're both slugging over 1,000 over the last week. Schwarber and Bohm are slugging in the 700s. Marsh is hitting the ball. Stott's hitting the ball. Uh, Cassidy's not giving us the power we're used to, but he's still hitting 320 over the last 10. They, they're just getting it done. They're, they're not giving up in games. Their games are, seem to be a little weird. A lot of yeah. late home runs. You like that, right? That's a team that they've proven they could win, and they believe that they're going to win the game. And then with the Brewers, you got Peralta on the mound, and he's good, man. He's tough, but their offense is just a question mark. They're coming off a big loss uh, in their series to the Cubs where they scored two runs yeah. and no runs the last two games to lose it. And Peralta's going to throw the fastball about 55% of the time, which that's what Philly wants. Um, almost one through eight in their lineup, they're all slugging over 450 against the fastball. So like them to get a little bit of lead and then, and then Wheeler to, to do what he does. The Brewers entered that series in Wrigley on an eight-game win streak, took the opener against the Cubbies. That was nine straight wins, and they scored five or more runs in all nine of those consecutive victories. And then they tapered off. They were shut out the night after, only two runs the night after that in the finale. The Cubbies keep in pace in the National League Central. Speaking of Chicago, another divisional duel starts today in Cincinnati, a makeup from early April, so a doubleheader at the Great American Ballpark between Chicago and Cincy. The Reds trying to stave off what might be floundering down the stretch and keep afloat in the National League wildcard chase. So as this game starts today and a doubleheader, Shane, between these two, the first game just after 1 p.m. Eastern time, does the model know the importance of this game for playoff positioning in the National League wildcard race? 
It does. And as a lifelong White Sox fan, it, it almost pains me to come on here and say how much the model is liking the Cubs. And uh, the only interesting thing here is, you know, with, with the model and most of our picks, you know, it's very heavy into the starting pitching. We, we like the hot starter who's proven. And the Cubs have a rookie on the mound today. And what that's telling me is this is more just kind of fading Ashcraft from the Reds. Um, he's been better lately, and he goes deep into games. He's going to give you six, seven, eight innings. But even if he gets deep into this game, I think that could still benefit the Cubs. Um, the Reds have dropped four or five of his last starts. And just matching up against the Cubs, for whatever reason, he, yeah. he just doesn't get it done. He has a 5.4 ERA against Chicago this year. Last year in five starts, he went 0-4 with an 11.88 ERA. And sometimes you hear those numbers, and, and it doesn't really tell the true story, right? You get a guy who lets up eight runs in two innings, and his ERA goes through. No, every game that he went out there, he was getting hit. There was, there isn't one that you look yeah. at and be like, oh, it's an outlier. It's just been too consistent to pass it up. Overall in his career, he's been a worse pitcher at home. And like we said, with the rookie starter for the Cubs, Wicks, I mean, we don't know much about the guy, but what we do know is he started one game. Yeah. He had five innings, two hits, one run, and he struck out nine guys. Um, the Cubs won their last three times that they played against Cincinnati, and that's including right. a 20-run and 16-run outing. They really put it on them. Uh, like we talked about with the Brewers, the Cubs are coming off a huge win. They're riding that momentum. Reds have some injuries right now. McLean's out. They picked up a couple guys. They have uh, Bader and Renfro in the lineup today, which I think will yeah. help eventually. But those aren't the kind of guys who come in and make that immediate impact. So we're going to roll with the Cubbies today. Thank you, Anaheim, and thank you, New York, respectively, for Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader for this stretch run. The Reds have taken five of nine against the Cubs so far this year. With the doubleheader today and then a game on Saturday and Sunday, this four-game set ends out the season series between these two. The Cubbies, a slight favorite to get things started in this game today. As we look at the Reds, just quickly here, Shane, for that wild card positioning in the National League. Cincy now a game and a half behind San Francisco for what is that third and final spot. The Arizona Diamondbacks a game behind their divisional rivals and the Giants for that third and final spot. Arizona has gone through a real tough stretch here as of late. They got worked by the Dodgers in the midweek. They were swept after the D-backs had really turned things around to firmly position themselves as a National wild card, National League wild card contender. It does not get much easier for the D-backs at home tonight as they welcome in the best team from the American League, the Baltimore Orioles. And the O's have that price reflected as a road favorite tonight in the desert. Shane, I've always been fascinated from the odds component what the odds makers think of baltimore if they're truly legitimately one of the best teams in mlb what does the model make of the of the orioles tonight on the road in arizona yeah so the model actually has this game as about a pick them and, ju and just generally baltimore has been like a weird outlier team with the model because they're starting pitching it's just interesting right like they they all got 10 11 wins and you know they in stretches they pitch great but none of their eras are that good it's kind of kind of a hard team to handicap but i think that actually plays right into what we're looking at tonight and that's going to be the over mm. uh there's just too much here to go off of you got Irvin on the mound for baltimore they don't really know what he is i don't think he really knows what he is so how are we supposed to know what he is he started some games he's been in the bullpen he's, he's done spot starts so they're throwing him out there tonight. One and three record, 4.780 ERA. Um, lefties don't slug him too hard, but they're hitting around 290. And the righties kind of get after him. They're more around like 460 slugging. And Arizona, one through nine, they are, they're a great 
average hitting team against lefties. They're going to get guys on base. Mm. Like I said, you line up around you know three three hundred average to lefties. You get a couple guys on with Fam or Walker or Guriel coming up, and, and they can clear the bases pretty quick. You got Davies on the mound. He's just been awful. One in five record, six point nine ERA. Uh, Baltimore scored 23 runs in their last three games. Arizona's let up 23 runs in uh, their last three games. And the last two starts yeah. for Davies, there's been a combined total of 15 and 29 runs scored. So I think the ball is going to be jumping tonight. Really like this game to go over. Nine and a hook is that total in the desert tonight. Shane Lloyd's on. A sincere thank you. Thank you for being here all in the morning. After more TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A college football Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. I'm one of the co-hosts of College Football Today each and every Saturday this fall, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time, live right here on the grid. Kevin Walsh, who you saw in the opening hour, is one of the three there as well each and every Saturday, as is the mastermind of the college football pigskin Joe Lisi. He joins us on college football today each and every week. He joins us here on this Friday on the morning after. Joe Lisi, you're making history today, my friend. You are the final guest ever on the morning after. Lisi, you ready to fill those big shoes? Oh, I love it, Ben. This is the best. I go out in style on the morning after. Nothing better than talking college football with you. We got a little taste last night with two great games, one in Utah with Utah prevailing. And then that unbelievable outcome in Minneapolis with P.J. Fleck ripped my heart right out with Matt Rule and the team losing that ball game. But, hey, college football's back, baby. Nothing better. Nothing better, Lisi. Let's end it with one of these at the end of the segment, shall we? Let's start in Minneapolis last night between the Cornhuskers and the Golden Gophers quickly. Both you and I are optimistic about the turnaround that Matt Rule will lead in Lincoln, except last night it was the same old script we've seen with Nebraska football over the past three years. Now 2-14 in in games decided by single digits. 18 losses, Joe, in the last three seasons now for Nebraska. 15 by single digits. It has been the same story. And, Lisi, both you and I were are on the over of Nebraska's win total at 6.5. Yesterday would have been huge had they pulled it out outright on the money line. They do cover as a 7-point underdog. But, Joe, what is your main takeaway from last night in Minneapolis between the Gophers and the Huskers? Well, even in the loss, Ben, they were more physical in terms of the front seven. They got after it in terms of run support, back end. I mean, that secondary played very well, especially in critical situations, got turnovers. That's what you want to see. They were much more disciplined than they were a year ago, giving up 189 rushing yards per game. And from an offensive perspective, in terms of rushing the football with Jeff Sims, they were running in the second half of that ball game. If they would have stuck to the game plan, and not allow Jeff Sims to throw, especially inside the 20, they might have pulled this ball game out. All right. Our producers want us to get to Utah and Florida, Joe. So let's do the, the 14th-ranked Utes in action at Rice-Eccles, Lisi, where you know it's a very difficult place to play. Now 15 straight. 
home wins. That's the active streak for Kyle Winningham and his Utah club. 24-11. That was the final score against Florida. Utah, Joe, covers as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. You and I have followed this line all offseason, now into week number one. It was nine at its peak when there was a thought that Cam Rising, who returns this year for the Utes, would be healthy enough to start. He was not still recovering from the ACL injury he suffered in the Rose Bowl last January against Penn State. But Bryson Barnes steps right in. The physicality remains for the Utes. Nate Johnson shows off the athleticism. He was one of the co-leading rushers for Utah last night. 45 yards out of the freshman quarterback and a rushing score. And Utah Joe wins 24 to 11. Again, covering as a four and a half point favorite. Yeah, set the tone. When you hit a 70-yard bomb to start the game, I mean, you're, you're cooking with gas right from the get-go. All the butterflies were out of the window for Bryson Barnes in that matchup. Again, once Utah built the lead, they forced Graham Mertz to methodically work down the field. We talked about it all week in terms of his lack of mobility. That's what did Utah in last year in terms of Gainesville. They gave up a buck 68 on the ground to Anthony Richardson, 283 yards last year. They buckled it up, jumped yeah. up to an early lead, and never looked back. And the physicality, again, in terms of rushing the football, when the game was on the line in the second half, Florida did not have an answer, as special teams did Florida in as well. I thought a poorly coached game by Billy Napier and the offense and defensive staff for the Gators. Not the start that Billy Napier was hoping for for year number two in Gainesville. All right, Joe, let's turn our attention forward to the entirety of this weekend number one slate in college football. More games on this Friday. All of the country will get underway this weekend with our first full Saturday slate of the year. But, Lisi, the best game of week number one happens on Sunday evening. The only ranked versus ranked matchup we have, a top 10 tilt in Orlando. It's number five LSU and number eight Florida State once again. The Bayou Bengals, a two and a half point favorite, Joe, for this season opener. These two sides faced off last year in what was one of the top 10 best games of the 2022 college football season. Lisi, how good will the 2023 version be between LSU and FSU? I think it's going to be a great game. I actually think it'll be an over in Orlando on on Sunday night. I think the game does sail over, but I give the edge to the LSU offensive defensive lines. I think Jaden Daniels is more polished and a better quarterback at this point right here, right now playing in more big games than Jordan Travis. That is still a concern in terms of Jordan Travis in a big spot. Even though Florida State was 5-1 and one on the road last year, it comes down to the front seven for me of Harold Perkins. I think that's where LSU has the advantage. And I think Jaden Daniels yeah. breaks out not just through the air. I think on the ground in this ballgame, they cover this number anywhere from 7 to 10 points Sunday night. Of course, last year, the final two and a half minutes of the game were as wild as you will see. Malik Neighbors of LSU muffs a punt inside his own 10-yard line. Florida State takes over. Looks like they're going to seal the game with another touchdown when they were up by seven. They then fumble the football on the goal line. Jaden Daniels in the final minute and 15 seconds leaves a 99-yard touchdown drive for LSU, scoring that Almost tying score as time expired for LSU to only have its extra point attempt blocked. Florida State wins 24-23. Lisi, last year, though, 
Both of these teams entered the year with a six and a half win total. This year, both are ranked in the top 10. Both have a win total of nine and a half. Both have sights on a college football playoff appearance. So, Lisi, when you compare the two, who do you think has a better season in 2023? I think it's LSU. I think the fact that Florida State does have to go on the road. Now, granted, LSU has to go on the road to Tuscaloosa on November 4th. I just think Brian Kelly is an upgrade from where Mike Norvell is right here right now. And I just think LSU has more weapons, the better quarterback, the best defensive player potentially in college football and Harold Perkins. And again, a mindset. This is a team that overexceeded expectations last year in year one, mm. won the SEC West. Again, I think LSU is poised for a breakout season. They get this victory Sunday night. That could propel them throughout the regular season in the in the conference. Why this game is so significant on Sunday, one team is going to win, of course. One team is going to lose. Whoever suffers that loss, their margin of error the rest of the way to be a college football playoff team is either slim or none. We have never seen a two-loss team reach the college football playoff in its nine-year history. All right, Lisi, now to the Saturday slate. Saturday afternoon, a non-conference gem between top 10 Washington and Boise State. The Huskies hosting the Broncos as a 14-and-a-half point favorite. Lisi, it will only be the 19th time in the last decade since the 2013 college football season the Broncos have been booked as an underdog, how do you break down the matchup between UW and Boise State? Yeah, it's an intriguing one. You have Michael Pinnock's 31 touchdowns, an offense that averaged 349 passing yards per game. Top three wide receivers come back for the Huskies, going up against a secondary in Boise State that only allowed about 165 passing yards per game. But it does come down to the quarterbacks for me. Can Taylon Green go toe-to-toe with Michael yeah. Pinnock? I don't think he can. Playing at home, we've seen a little line movement, 16 and a half down to 14 and a half because Cam Davis, second leading rusher last year for the Huskies, out for the year with a knee injury. But I still think yeah. Washington's the side. I think this is potentially the second best team in the Pac-12 right behind USC and Utah. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm laying it. Michael Penix Jr., the second leading passer in college football last year, more than 4,600 passing yards. He is back with Kalen DeBoer, an offensive mastermind, the head coach in Seattle. And his two leading receivers last year, Roma Dunze, who led the Pac-12 in receiving yards, and Caleb McMillan, both back for the Huskies as well. The win total is nine and a half, Joe. The under has the juice. Quickly here, what's the outlook for Washington this season? Well, again, I think they can, they have the potential because of Michael Penix, because of that receiving court, to be a 10 or an even 11-win football team. But they do have Oregon at home later in the month yep. of October. That'll dictate. And, I, and the non-conference slate is not easy. They have to get through this game with Boise State. But I think they're poised for a 10-win season. So we'll see how it plays out. Utah's also on that schedule, Ben. They certainly are. All right, Lisey Guy, we go to the Battle of Carolina, South Carolina and North Carolina tomorrow night in Charlotte. A really big showdown between these regional rivals, the 60th all-time meeting between the Tar Heels and the Gamecocks. UNC, a very, very slight favorite, Joe. Less than a field goal separates these two. Will this game be as competitive as that pregame number shows? 
I don't think it will. This is one of my better plays for the weekend. I really like South Carolina and their quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Last three games of the regular season, he threw 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. I love what Shane Beamer's building in terms of Columbia. I think they could potentially challenge Georgia as the second-best team with Tennessee in terms of the SEC East, their ability to run it. I believe they're more physical than North Carolina in this matchup. And you look at the North Carolina secondary last year, 271 passing yards allowed per game. That's ranked 115th out of all of FBS. To me, that's the difference. Even though they might have the better quarterback in this matchup, I'm taking the underdog in South Carolina. If we get good Spencer Rattler, which is a big if at times throughout his long college football career, this could be as stellar a QB showdown as we might see all year. UNC's Drake May going to be a top five pick in next year's NFL draft. Spencer Rattler, who showed those flashes of why he was a top quarterback recruit back in the day before he headed to Norman, Oklahoma last year in the two monumental upsets over Tennessee and Clemson to end out the regular season. Joe, both you and I are incredibly high on Penn State. We think the Nittany Lions are going to the college football playoff as the champions of the Big Ten Conference. A showdown tomorrow in Happy Valley in primetime. Penn State booked as nearly a three-touchdown favorite, laying 20-and-a-half against West West Virginia. Joe, in the opening game of the year for Penn State, is this the time to prove that this year is going to be good in Happy Valley? I think it is the year for them to be good. I picked them to win the Big Ten with you, Ben, as a 5-1 to one shot. But I like West Virginia covering this line. Neil Brown just 8-16 and 16 on the road or on a neutral field since 2019. Penn State 39-8 and eight straight up. But I'm taking the points with Garrett Green, C.J. Donaldson. Where's B-Rucks when you need him? Give me the points with West Virginia in Happy Valley. Penn State wins. I'll West lo- Virginia covers. All right, as long as we win comfortably, Joe, I would hate to see our season derailed and our reputations at stake on the opening night of the college football season on a Saturday. He's the mastermind of the college football pigskin. That is Joe Lisi. We'll be together on College Football Today alongside old K-Dubs, Kevin Walsh, 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow on SportsGrid. The last guest ever in the history of the morning after. Lisi guy, take a bow. We round out the show next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out one final edition of the morning after on this Friday over these past two hours over this past week for me personally over this last year and a half 18 to 20 months whatever it has been time flies when you're having fun quickly though we remind you of course to make sure you get the new sports grid app the ultimate sports betting companion app available for download at both the apple app and the play store if you text in blue if you text in green just scan the qr code on your screen 
Yes, I'm a poet. That will continue on the early line, and you'll have all of our information and our insight available in the palm of your hand. It is smarter to be on SportsGrid. For one final time, it feels right on this college football Friday with a handful of FBS games, a part of this five-day consecutive stretch to start week number one of the college football season. I give you a best bet in CFB. So before we say farewell one last time, before we say goodbye one final time, here's Bye Bye Bye. A hat tip to our guy, John James, at the 2021 NBA Finals, or maybe 2022 it was, with the Celtics taking on the Warriors. Here's a quick thought. Nathan Carter, he's the new running back for Michigan State, the transfer from UConn. He is as good as you will find. He was injured early on in week number four for the Huskies a year ago, but had over 120 rushing yards in two of his first three fully healthy games. Michigan State takes on Central Michigan to start off their season. Keep an eye on a Nathan Carter rushing yards prop, or if it's not available, I think Georgia Tech covers as a seven and a half point dog tonight against Louisville. Thank you sincerely to all of you out there for bleeding the winning edge and being a part of this sports grid network. It has been my honor hosting the morning after. I joined Ariel Epstein way back in the day at the end of May 2022. I've been the solo host since October of 2021 as well. Mixing up my dates. Here's a date for you though. Tuesday, the early line is newly revamped. It starts at 8 a.m. Eastern. Myself and Donnie Wrightside. Have a great weekend.